The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I am Really, I, I'm like so pumped up about breastfeeding tonight. I got to tell you why. I just got out from teaching my very first comprehensive course of the year. Uh, just finished it a couple of days ago in sunny Orlando, Florida. And now I am back in freezing cold Washington, D.C. But I got to tell you, I just had a blast. I had totally a blast. I had a room full of wonderful women who just like they were so excited to learn and it made me excited to teach uh they were great they were smart they were funny they i mean almost i think almost every single person in that room asked a question and they were just so into it and it makes my job so much better when i don't have to pull them along they were so fun i also want to just say Thank you to Rosa in Miami. Uh, She actually was not at the course, but I got this sweet little email from Rosa today. And I want to tell you, it made my day. Sometimes people talk about how hard it is to keep on keeping on. And (laughs) I got to tell you, that after I spend a whole week teaching my brains out and then I see a radio show ahead of me I think holy moly how am I going to do this and then I get this sweet little note from Rosa saying how important the show was to her and how she listens every week and I'm like okay good I can do this I can do this and she gave me that little bit of extra energy to just keep on keeping on and actually that's what I'm hoping to do for you today if you are a breastfeeding mother I hope I can give you some energy to keep on keeping on when maybe you've got some questions about things that aren't so great I'm thinking about the people who ask me questions about leaking milk things like health and beauty products um you know, hair dye and stuff like that, Uh, perms, nipple piercing, tattoos, breast surgery, you name it, pretty much I've heard it, Uh, tanning booths, we'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff today because the truth of the matter is that most of us like to look good, right? You like to look good, I like to look good, and so Sometimes mothers will think, oh, I don't know if I can really do that while I'm breastfeeding. Well, actually, you probably can do that while breastfeeding. So I'm going to try to take on some of these issues that I so often get asked about. Let's start out with what I think I would call hair and nail products. For instance, permanence. 
and you know what I mean, a permanent in your hair to make your hair curly. Um, will it take? This is a question that I've heard very frequently. Will the permanent take if you're breastfeeding? And the answer is, I, I don't know why it wouldn't. I'm not a hairdresser. I'm not a licensed hairdresser. <laughs> I, I, but honestly, I just don't ever recall having anybody tell me that it didn't take. Um, I, I don't think I've actually ever had a permanent in my own hair, so I can't give you any personal experience there. But honestly, I think this is like just some old wives' tale. As far as I know, permanents are not a problem. They absolutely take. The next question is usually, is it safe? Is it safe for me to get my hair permed if I'm breastfeeding? And the answer is, to my knowledge, there is no evidence that hair permanents have perms, you know, perms in your hair, have any adverse effect on the safety of your milk or your milk production. So I think you can go have your hair permed in peace and do not give that even a second thought. Along with that, of course, is hair color. Now, by way of full disclosure, let me tell you, I am not a licensed uh, beautician, but to my knowledge, there is no evidence, well, there's no evidence that it's not safe, okay? So if you want to have your hair colored, go ahead. To my knowledge, there is no evidence to suggest that hair dyes have any adverse effect on the nursing mother's milk or on her milk production. Now, if you're sitting there saying, hmm, why would that be? Well, it's because you're putting the product on your scalp. And if your scalp is healthy and intact, the scalp on the human being is fairly impenetrable. Now, if your scalp is scratched or abraded, uh, then it's certainly more likely that the product would be absorbed into your circulation through your skin. But let's face it, most of us have a healthy and intact skin. I certainly colored my hair for more years than I want to admit to, so I really understand if you're really feeling like you know what I always said was that I refuse to go down the aisle with the white dress and the white hair, okay? And those of you who have met me know that I have really, really, really white hair. So I really understand uh, what it's like when you feel like you really just need to get your hair colored. A few words of caution, though. Do not put the hair color on yourself or on someone else. I just said that having the product on your scalp was unlikely to be a problem because the healthy, intact scalp is impenetrable. However, I didn't say anything about fingers. Fingers are different than scalps. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, what about if I use gloves? Okay, in theory, that might be okay. But we all know that gloves can have small holes or they can have rips uh, in the beginning or they can even rip in the process somewhere. So if you're going to use a hair product on your head, here's the deal. Ask somebody else, a friend or a professional beautician, to actually apply it for you. And by the same token, if you're breastfeeding, don't put the product on somebody else's head with your hands. 
Okay, so what about hairspray? Is it safe? Uh, I'd probably, yeah, again, we're back to the scalp, so I don't really think that's an issue. I do want to caution, though, that an awful lot of hairsprays have a very distinct odor. It's not harmful in the sense of it's not going to do harm to the baby and certainly not to you and certainly not to your milk. But remember that babies are very sensitive to odors, especially very young babies. And sometimes they might not be willing to nurse or they might not nurse as much if the smell bothers them. So if you've seen a baby, your baby, who is a nice little nurser, and then all of a sudden he acts a little wacky with the, ew, what is that smell? Just remember that maybe the smell that he's got is that hairspray or your perfume or your whatever. Uh, Babies are a little bit, yeah, a little bit funny about that. Okay, so what about nail polish or nail polish remover? I don't really know what to tell you about that. Um, There's really not any good evidence as related to the nursing mother. Now, as I understand it, which is not very well because I'm not a chemical engineer, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a beautician, but uh, uh, most, as I understand it, most nail polishes contain phthalates. And the phthalates make them flexible and chip resistant. Now, actually, some phthalates are actually banned in Europe. It is my understanding that it's more concerning for pregnant women. But remember that pregnant women are not the same as breastfeeding or or nursing women. I would also be eager to tell you that the FDA here in the U.S. does deem the product, the chemical, to be safe. They say that the studies that show concerns uh, are uh, that, that there's really too few people in this study, and so it's probably not a problem. You should also know, though, that the nail polish has formaldehyde, and it uh, can be absorbed through the skin and the nails. So I would just say, uh, and it has something else, too. I think it is, I don't know how to pronounce the word, but I think it's, Toluene, and it um, it certainly can be an irritant. So again, I just want to caution you that I wouldn't run my whole life about this, but I would probably I would try to see if I could find a product that didn't uh, a nail polish or a nail polish remover that did not have those funny chemicals in them. I I know that they're out there. I just I personally don't really use them, so I don't know exactly what they are, but I know that they are out there. I'm going to start with just a little bit on uh, tattoos. You know, as many as 50% of young adults aged 15 to 30 have tattoos, and it is certainly possible that tattoos could have some downside. Uh, You certainly can get an infection from a tattoo, especially if you're a postpartum woman. But, uh, you know, pretty much that's pretty unlikely. And let me tell you why. Generally, if you have a licensed tattoo artist that knows what he or she is doing and they have gone through all the rules and regs of how to do it correctly, then I really don't think that that's going to be a problem uh, for you. So certainly you should ask them, not me, 
in about the actual tattoo process. However, I am not aware of any literature that suggests that uh, having a tattoo has any effect on your milk, the goodness of your milk, the production of your milk, or your baby, or anything along those lines. So I just don't think that's, uh, I really don't think that's a problem, okay? So, again, the the ticket there is make sure that you are going to somebody who is licensed and has clean equipment, and that should be your main concern. All righty. So we've talked a little bit about hair and skin products. I gave you just a little blip on tattoos. When we come back, I'm going to talk about nipple piercing, and I'm also going to talk about some uh, sunscreen and tanning and some of that stuff. So don't go away. We will be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. 
Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, We're just talking about this whole looks good, feels good kind of stuff as related to uh, nursing mothers and how these products might or might not affect either uh, the, the milk or the baby. So I want to pick it up then with nipple piercing. Okay, this is something that has emerged a whole lot more in the last few years. There are, um, oh, yikes, I can't remember now how many, what percentage of people get nipple piercings, but it's not terribly uncommon, certainly. So one of the things that people ask me about is, well, is it a risk if I get the nipples uh, pierced? And the, the, I kind of back up and say, well, whoa, just hold on for a minute here, because I think it's useful to talk about, are there risks for body piercing? And the it, just piercing in general. And the answer is, yes, certainly you could get an infection. You could get rejection of the jewelry. You could have embedding of the jewelry. Some people will even develop a metal allergy. You can have bleeding, scar tissue. Because you are invading the body, if that's the right word, you certainly could have the possibility of getting hepatitis B or hepatitis C or even HIV. But of course, especially those those latter two things are highly unlikely, but it certainly can happen. So I would encourage you to do what I'm always, always, always preaching, which is look at the indications. Why are you doing this? What are the benefits? What are the risks and what are the alternatives? And you know, of course, what I'm going to say about all of this stuff. The whole show is set on my website that the information I am giving you is only intended as information. It does not constitute medical advice. But I really want to encourage you to look at those benefits, risks, and alternatives. So let's look at nipple piercings specifically. All women should be aware of these. They are not caused by breastfeeding, okay? When you have your nipple pierced, there is a possibility that you could have damage to the milk ducts. It could increase your risk for an infection of the breast, including an abscess. I'm not at all saying that you're going to have those. I'm just saying you're going to have more risk than the person who doesn't have a nipple piercing. Uh, some people have reported reduced sensitivity of the nipple. Of course, others will say, well, no, it's actually more sensitive or hypersensitivity. Uh, it's certainly possible that you could have tearing or prolonged healing of the nipple. Again, be clear that I'm not saying you will have any of these. I'm just saying it's possible and you should talk with the person who is doing your piercing so that you make sure that you have truly informed yourself about the general risks, which I just mentioned a few minutes ago, things like allergies and so forth, and these other things that are specific to the nipple piercing. Now, what about the baby? Okay, if you've got your nipples pierced, what what risks might that pose for the baby? Well, if you've got the jewelry in, choking is one possibility. 
it, there could be gagging or what I call slurping. There certainly could be trauma to the baby's gums or teeth if the jewelry is in there. And it's certainly possible that the baby not, might not get enough milk. How so? Well, because sometimes what you'll see with these pierced nipples is that sometimes the milk kind of, I don't know if you would say oozes or squirts, but it kind of goes out the sides where those holes are because they've got the jewelry out and then the mother has a letdown. And so sometimes what can happen is you can lose some milk in the process. Again, let me be clear, I'm not going to say this will happen and be a problem, but kind of like understand that that's something that you should consider. Now, I gave just a little bit of credibility here to allergies and infections with body piercings. Uh, I read a statistic that about 7.9% uh, report allergic reactions that are associated with body piercings. And uh, that's just something that you should be aware of. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, how good of a job the person did or anything else. It's just, that's just kind of the way it is. Now, you say to me, look, Marie, here's the way it is. I really want to get, I, I know all this stuff. I've got the bit about the risks, but I want to do it anyway. Uh, Generally, I would not recommend that you have the piercing done during pregnancy or during lactation. One of the problems with the pregnancy, of course, is that your nipple and your breasts kind of get bigger. And so you might find yourself really uncomfortable or even having some tearing. Generally, the figure that I've read is that you shouldn't have your nipples pierced until three months after weaning your baby. Now, if you've already had what I would call a past piercing, that is, you had it pierced, you took the jewelry out, it kind of... Uh, you're not using that anymore. That hole could still be at risk for an infection. But interestingly, probably not much more of an infection than anybody else would have. Okay? Now, remember that the friction of the jewelry does stimulate the nipple. So if you've got that in during pregnancy, that could, in theory at least, lead to uterine contractions. Now, here's the really important thing that I need to tell you about the jewelry. You must remove the jewelry each and every time that you feed the baby. And I will repeat that. If you've got your jewelry in your nipple, most definitely remove the um, the um, jewelry each and every time that you're feeding the baby. You do not want that jewelry Coming detached, it could certainly constitute a gagging or um, choking hazard for the baby. And if it's in, it also could be potentially hurting his gums. So beware of those things. Again, I just want you to make sure that you understand benefits, risks, alternatives. And the other thing is... Uh, you could just leave the jewelry out during lactation. I know that some people don't want to do that. I would like to 
sort of respect your wishes, but I also want to tell you that many people don't understand that that baby could be breastfeeding as often as every hour and a half. And if so, then it's just kind of a nuisance to be putting in and taking off and in and out, and it's just kind of a, a nuisance. So I would really encourage you to realize that this is, it's not trivial, okay? If the baby is older, then no, it's going to be a longer length. But in the beginning, that can be quite frequent. I would also say be sure that you monitor the baby's weight if you feel like the the milk is dripping on the floor rather than the baby actually consuming the milk. Okay, then. Pretty much those were the... Um, the things that people do to adorn their bodies, so to speak, the the piercing and the tattoos, I think we looked at both of those. So, how about fun in the sun or fun in something that's not exactly sun? Let's first start with sunscreen. I'm not aware of any evidence that shows that there's a problem for the mother's milk or the baby's safety if the mother uses sunscreen products. Why so? Well, because those products are applied to the skin, and it's unlikely that much would be absorbed through the skin. I do want to warn, though, that sunscreen can cause a local allergy. And I say this because it most definitely happened to me one time. And I remember the doctor saying to me, well, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you get new makeup? And I remember saying, oh, no, but I just got new sunscreen. So if if you're a nursing mother, I would just suggest that you stick with using a sunscreen that you've used before. And if it hasn't given you any problems before, then you know, that's better than, <laughs> than if you're trying a new one and you really don't know. Okay, certainly anybody can develop an allergy at any time with any product. But if you've had good luck with it in the past, then certainly that would lessen your chances. Okay, so how about tanning in general and tanning beds and supplements? Sometimes the people that use the tanning beds are given a supplement of carotene to enhance the tanning. At the very least, you should discuss that with your doctor if you're a nursing mother. But honestly, I would really ask you, why would you take this anyway? Okay? It's, uh, let's, let's not go overboard here. Get your tan... And don't don't be as married to the idea of having to have the supplements, okay? Either in the regular sunlight or in a commercially available tanning situation. I would also say that just remember that there are a lot of people who object to all of the tanning anyway, uh, partly because of the possibility of malignancies, and that's, that's truly another discussion. And I notice I use the word possibilities. But I would also say, remember that, haven't you ever seen those women that are, you know, 60 years old and they look like wrinkled up little prunes? And maybe it's because they spent so much time in their backyard soaking up the sun. 
All right? It's so, so important to realize that while sun is a good thing, even good thing, too much of a good thing is not so good. So, please, please beware of that. All right, then. In this segment, we talked about the... um, the tattooing, we talked about body piercing, we talked a little bit about sun and sunscreen and tanning. When we come back, we're going to talk about tanning beds and self-tanning products and other such things. We're also going to be talking about leaking. All right then, I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed. I am so happy to have you here today. Now, i got to believe that you've got some questions about some of this stuff I'm talking about because this is kind of not real common knowledge, even among those who really know a fair amount about uh, nursing babies. 
And especially among you professionals, I often hear some of those questions as I teach my course. So if you have questions today, please feel free to call in. I'm recording this live from my cold office outside of Washington, D.C. Here's the number that you can call in. It's one 866 I'll repeat that. It's 1-866-472-5792. Now, for all of you who are shy, I want to let you know that you also can reach me every single day of the week, 24-7, by sending your questions to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Again, that is radio at borntobebreastfed.com. All right, so we left off with talking about tanning in general, and so now I'd like to just bring you up to date on tanning beds. All right, tanning beds are about having exposure to high-intensity UV outlet, uh, no, (laughs) UV output, sorry, uh, uh, through your skin. There is really no evidence to suggest that tanning beds are harmful to mother's milk, or that if the mother was exposed, that her milk would be toxic to the baby if she were on the tanning bed. I'm I'm just not aware of any evidence that shows that. And certainly if you are, let me know. But I'm pretty confident about that. Uh, I do want to tell you, though, that there are bunches of anecdotal reports from mothers who have had burns on their nipples and breasts when using tanning beds. And this is extremely painful. So either don't use the tanning bed or cover your nipples and your breasts before using the tanning bed. I do want to tell you, though, a word of warning There is some link between the tanning beds and the malignant melanoma. There's also a study that I saw just a bit ago that said, well, no, maybe not. But again, I would say the same old thing I'm always preaching to you, the benefits, the risks, and the alternatives. I just saw a few minutes ago a piece from the World Health Organization. It was fairly lengthy, but I would suggest that you look at that, not because it has anything necessarily to do with nursing your baby, but because it's about you. All right, so before you use the tanning beds, make sure you're thinking about the benefits and risks and the hoo-hoo, hello, alternatives, because I'm going to talk to you about the alternatives. Self-tanning products are a possible alternative, and and by self-tanning products, I mean things like tanning booths, airbrush tanning, spray-on tanning, and UV-free tanning, any of that kind of stuff. They're all recognized as self-tanning products. I can't say I've ever actually read clear evidence on this, but if it were my body and if I were using those self-tanning products, I would either make sure that the products were not on the nipples or I would wash them off before nursing. And that's not to say that these products are necessarily, quote, bad or, quote, harmful, but without good evidence, sometimes it's just good to take some simple precautions. So if it were me, that's what I would do. Now, let me tell you about leaking. I've got to believe that of the thousands of you who are out there listening today, somebody is leaking milk. If you are nursing, you could be saying, whoa, um, this is me. 
incidents. First of all, hard to tell. It's a huge in, uh, issue for some women and a non-issue for other women. It often happens during the early months or when lactation is being established. It may gradually subside after a while, and if it does, you should feel reassured that even though the leaking is gone or at least diminished, it doesn't mean you've lost your milk, okay? Um, similarly, it's more likely to happen in the early months, okay? In the early months when a letdown occurs and when the mother and the baby um, aren't quite really, the, the balance between the mother's supply and the baby's need is still not quite exactly lined up, okay? Another reason that it might happen is that a mother has a smaller capacity for storing milk. And she may find that she leaks more than other mothers, okay? So it could be, it you know, mothers are just like anything else. Some of them can store more milk, some of them can't. Leaking on one side might occur when you are nursing on the other side, and that's called a contralateral letdown. And actually, it's really kind of a good sign. It is for sure evidence that you had a letdown, but wow, it can be messy. <laughs> so beware. Now, sometimes you have a letdown at a very unexpected time. I'm thinking of the moms who have told me that um, they're in the grocery store and they hear some other woman's baby cry and they have uh, uh, a letdown. Okay, not exactly what they'd planned on. Another one along the same lines might be that the mother has too much stimulation to the nipple. So, if you have something that's rubbing on one nipple or maybe rubbing on both nipples, that could be what the leaking is about. You know, a lot of the time, uh, oh, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, oh, this is one that everybody thinks is it, which is overactive letdown. I don't know. I have seen overactive letdown that appears with the the constant leaking. And by the way, sometimes these are women that have the constant leaking. Others of them are women that have the leaking just with the letdown. It kind of depends. But if you have an overactive letdown, sometimes you are the person who is having a lot of leaking, but not necessarily. Uh, these two things, and sometimes it goes with oversupply, but not always. Those three things are all related, but they don't necessarily go together. Now, all the things that I've just mentioned so far are sort of normal things, okay? But there are some pathological reasons for leaking as well. If you, you know, this is unlikely, but there's always the possibility that somebody has a tumor of the pituitary gland or hormonal imbalances or even some medications that could make the breasts leak. So, Let's talk then about that look good, feel good stuff. Let's think about what's going on. Some women aren't bothered by the leaking at all, okay? They may even welcome it because it's a sign of an abundant milk supply and they're really happy, okay? They may feel that their situation is far preferable to that of their friends. You know, the friends that are singing the blues about not having enough milk, they figure they're way better off than that. 
Other women find that the leaking problem is so awful that they want to give up breastfeeding and they feel completely confined to their homes because they don't want to go out um, kind of looking like a wet, soggy mess. And they may not wear, want to wear lovely, expensive clothing because they know it's soon going to be either soaked or possibly ruined. Let me try to give you a few tips for reducing some of these problems. The first are just some simple ways. First of all, don't go so long before offering the baby another feeding. All right? This is a little bit like the elderly woman who has a bladder full and she's put off going to the ladies' room and all she has to do is cough and lo and behold, she leaks. It's the same kind of thing. All right? So so don't don't have this long interval uh, and that should be helpful. Another thing you can do is what's called the stop technique. If you feel yourself having a letdown, and here's how you do it. You cross your arms over your chest and you apply slight pressure. However, do not do that if you are over full with engorgement. You want to let the milk out. So (laughs) don't use the stop technique in that situation. You can use a clean towel or a clean cotton diaper to sort of absorb that extra, if, especially if you've got the baby nearby, perhaps. Uh, one of the tricks that I really like a lot, I know it's not very elegant, but if you buy some really nice uh, cotton men's handkerchiefs and just fold them, all right, like in half and then in quarters and stitch them down, Sometimes that can help and you might need to use several. They're a little bit nicer than bra pads in the sense that they're reusable. They're all cotton. You can throw them in the laundry. You're kind of of done. Another thing you can do is just some simple camouflage. And by that, I mean buy a top or many tops that are like printed. Okay, the more plain, the more solid color your top is, the more those leaky things are going to be showing. And by the way, I can think of one woman who told me that she went through five bra pads at a time and it wasn't enough. Okay, so uh, some of these people, and that was continuous, by the way, all day long, she told me. If you're going to use the bra pads, I think that's fine, but I would use the cotton and I would not use any that are plastic or plastic lined. And when I say no plastic lined, I mean be sure you look at the uh, ingredients, so to speak, and see if the plastic is in the middle. Now, I haven't seen those in several years, but they might still be out there. Um, You can also do some other things that are a little bit more of a high-tech way. For instance, if you want to use a product like the Lily Pads, and that's L-I-L-Y-P-A-D-Z. That's another way. Uh, They put direct pressure right on the nipples and areola, and a lot of women love these and say that they work very, very well. So I kind of tried to give you here some alternatives for things that work, things that are easy to use, things that are um, a little more expensive, a little less expensive, almost zero expensive, some that are recyclable, reusable, washable, whatever. Don't go away. We are going to be right back after this short break.
your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to Be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed. I want to give just a couple of quick comments about breast implants and uh, then just a little bit of a throwback to reductions. And then I'm going to take a couple of callers who have been waiting. All right, people ask about breast implants and what they're made out of and if that's okay. And, of course, breast implants are made out of saline, which is just physiologic. It's just water and salt, basically, so you don't have to worry too much about that. Silicone certainly is different, but remember now I'm saying silicone, not silicon. And if you look at the publication from the American Academy of Pediatrics, Dr. Cheston Berlin, who is a pediatrician, says, and I quote, Silicone is widely present in the environment and avoiding ingestion is difficult. And then Dr. Berlin goes on to say that, I quote, The amount of PDMS in the milk of women with implants was not statistically different from that in water uh, blanks or uh, control milk samples, unquote. So can the prostheses, the silicone prostheses rupture up? Sure, but it's unlikely. In fact, in one Swedish study by Heaton and colleagues, they found that it was really only 1.7% after a median of eight years. 
And what about all those people that you told that a breastfed baby can have esophageal anomalies? Um, no, actually, that's just a myth. That was busted years ago by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And researchers, uh, I hope I'm telling you this guy's name right. It's uh, K-J-O-L-L-E-R and McLaughlin and colleagues studied 939 children of mothers with breast implants. Uh, they had the silicone implants and their cohort, cohort study showed that, quote, it provides no evidence that silicone implants affect risks of esophageal or other disorders in children of the implantees. Now, if you're going to ask me about reductions, I'm going to say, whoo-hoo, here's your opportunity. Make sure you hear that wonderful piece that we did with uh, Diana West. And I believe that that program was right around the end of December. And Diana West, who is an expert on breast reductions, gave us a whole show. And I do believe that I have a caller I do believe that uh, someone is waiting. I believe that I have uh, Anne in Washington. Anne, tell me how old your baby is and what your question is. My baby is three months old. Okay. And, and my family is going on vacation. We're going to a ski resort. And I wanted to know if it's okay to use the hot tub if I'm breastfeeding. Ah, wonderful question, Anne. Thank you. Uh Yes, it is certainly okay for you to use a jacuzzi, but I I want to make sure that I understand all that would be implicated there. And by that, I mean, is this a jacuzzi that is either in your room or a jacuzzi that you are absolutely convinced is bacteria-free, clean, and all of that? Or do you have little kids doing something in that water that they shouldn't be doing, and you know what I mean? All right, so that might be a concern, but the jacuzzi in and of itself is not a problem for the breastfeeding mother. It's really a matter of can you really be sure that it's really clean. The other thing is, I would say, if you're feeling like it might not be really clean, then why is it that you love the jacuzzi? I can tell you I love jacuzzis. Uh, The alternative might be, well, maybe you could just kind of stick your feet in there and get in like up to your knees or so, and then you wouldn't have your breasts exposed. Uh, uh, Another issue that's I guess you might say more of a practical issue than a safety issue. Just remember that with a woman who is three months postpartum, got a suckling baby, when she puts her breasts in the warm water, what's going to happen? She very well might feel very relaxed. The warmth is lovely. She has a letdown and voila, everybody sees that she's having milk kind of dribble into the the, uh, hot tub. So, you know, again, if you're by yourself, it's probably not a big deal. Uh, But you just might kind of want to take all of those things into consideration before you decide. It's not really about the jacuzzi. It's about really the whole jacuzzi environment as well as your sensitivity to what happens or doesn't happen. Does that help? It certainly does. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for calling in, Anne. And I think I also have Kelly. Um, Kelly, where are you from? Oh, I'm from California. Kelly is from California. And how old is your baby, Kelly? 
Well, my my baby that I have is weaned. He's older. He's about a year and a half. The, okay. That we're, we're wanting to have another one. But uh-huh. my experience with feeding him was really difficult. I had a lot of leaking. Uh-huh. And, um, so I couldn't even breastfeed him after I went back to work because I had so much leaking. It just wasn't possible to do. Um, yes. And we also had trouble with me um, with leaking during sex? Is that normal? <laughs> yes, it's very normal. Oh, you know what? Kelly, you were really brave to, to give that question because I know there are literally thousands of mothers out there who want the answer to that. Um, uh, first of all, I would say try some of those things that I suggested earlier in the show about how to either reduce the amount of leaking that you have because it sounds like you were one of those that was just leaking all the time. Is that right? Yeah, the, it was the constant. Consistent. Yeah, especially overnight. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, you go to bed and it's night and then you have sex and then you have an orgasm. And lo and behold, before you know it, you've sprayed all over creation. All right. Well, let me tell you, it is very normal and it's actually a really good sign. The really good sign is that your oxytocin is working. Remember that oxytocin is the same hormone that controls the contractions of labor controls the um, the letdown associated with breastfeeding, and it controls orgasm. So if you have a good, happy orgasm for yourself, what you're going to find is you're probably going to be spraying yourself, your partner, your baby, your bed, the floor, and everything else. And the only thing I can tell you is some people can make it a playful experience. They can laugh about it and, you know, that's comfortable for them. Other people, uh, not so much so. And I guess it's just, you know, be forewarned. Feed the baby before you go to bed and have the sexual experience that can either reduce it, but I don't know that it's really going to take it away. I would say have that chat with your partner so that you kind of know that it's happening. And some guys are okay with it and some guys feel really weird. But if you have that conversation, then I think that makes it a a little bit easier. Uh, And also, I can think of one woman who told me that the only answer to this was having rubber sheets that she literally soaked herself, her nightgown, her husband, her bed sheets, and every day it was a new pair of bed sheets because she's just wet all over. So a rubber sheet might do the, the job as well. Is that helpful for you? Uh, yeah, it, it's helpful. Yes, it is. Thank you. Oh, good. Kelly, thank you so much for calling in, and thank you, everybody else who's here tonight. You have... Um, I, I hope you're enjoying this as much as I have. It's all the time we have today. Please visit my website at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up next week. And if you're interested in professional and continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Again, that website is borntobebreastfed.com. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths, clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, 
do its best for you and your baby. 